It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson, still here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, getting you ready for the end of the year, but also getting you ready for the 2019 Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, where Texas A&M won't have to travel far. They'll just go about 95 miles up the road to NRG Stadium to take on the number 25 Oklahoma State Cowboys. Guys, just a quick little house update. We just got to make sure that you're following all of us on social media. Make sure you check us out at Locked on Aggies. It's really simple. At Locked on Aggies is the name of the show. Check out all of our great content at Aggies SI. Remember, Sports Illustrated and the Locked On Podcast Network have partnered together to give you an audio element of more Texas A&M coverage. You can check out all of our written work and video work also at si.com slash TAMU. And if you want to follow me and what I've been doing on Twitter, what I've been doing in social media, what I've been doing in my life, just say, yeah, you're doing a good job. You can follow me at Mr. Cole Thompson. It's really simple. My name is Cole. I'm a mister. My last name is Thompson. Don't wear it out. At Mr. Cole Thompson, at Locked On Aggies, and at Aggies SI. Now, usually when we do this show, we're talking about things going on around College Station, about the current present moment. But with some news and National Signing Day coming early, the early signings are actually tomorrow, Wednesday, December 18th. We are going to break down some of the biggest names we have found out will be committing to Texas A&M, will be signing early, and should be on campus for spring ball to help make Texas A&M just a little better. But before we go any further with that, we have breaking news coming out of College Station right now about one former Aggie who will enter his name into the transfer portal, and it's one of the players who you probably didn't expect to be on this list because of how well he performed last year and what he was expected to be for the remainder of this year. That is running back Jay Sean Corbin, the original starting running back for Texas A&M after the season of Travion Williams last year as a freshman coming in as the team's backup, will enter the transfer portal and is expected to leave. The report came out according to Matt Zenitz of AL.com early on Monday afternoon. It was later confirmed by Corbin that he would be entering the transfer portal and potentially leaving College Station. Now, here's the thing we have to talk about whenever we mention the transfer portal. Just because a player enters the portal doesn't mean they will leave the program officially. Part of that is due to... All teams are allowed to do is offer them contracts, talk to them about possibly joining their staff, and seeing where the future can take them. Now, with that in mind, if you do enter the transfer portal, you are no longer allowed or you're no longer guaranteed a roster spot with your current scholarship. So Jimbo Fisher, if he is upset enough with losing a player such as Corbin's talent, could end up actually taking away his scholarship and Corbin could be out of a position at AM, should even he want to return. Uh, everyone got to keep in mind that this was a player that a lot of guys had some high hopes for to be a part of the program's resurgence under Fisher. The Rockledge native was originally committed to play for Fisher at Florida State, and then when Fisher announced he would be leaving for AM, he actually followed Fisher from Florida 
to Texas. Last year, he saw limited action, but that was, of course, because of the emergence of Travion Williams and what we saw. The SEC leading rusher had over 1,700 rushing yards. Corbin finished with 346 yards and one touchdown. This season, he was expected to be the lead back, and Isaiah Spiller was supposed to be the secondary guy, kind of mixing and balancing, playing that Corbin role. Well, unfortunately, he hurt his hamstring in Week 2 against Clemson and did not return for the remainder of the season, which allowed Spiller to emerge as the future leader of the position. Spiller finished the year with over 850 rushing yards and 9 touchdowns, finishing ninth in the SEC on the ground. With that in mind and knowing that he would probably be the secondary runner behind a player with Spiller's potential, now we see Corbin go enter his name to the transfer portal. And one of the biggest places I think he could land is the place where he originally thought he was going to end up going, and that is Florida State. He has ties to the program. He has ties to the state growing up in Florida. And with Mike Norvell taking over as the Seminoles head coach and Cam Akers, the team's starting running back, officially declaring for the NFL draft in April, this would make sense for all parties involved. Corbin would go back home to Florida, be closer to his family. He would be still a part of one of the best programs in college football history while also probably getting a chance to start, and because he was medically redshirted, has at least two years of eligibility left and couldn't put in a waiver transfer with the NCAA to start as soon as the 2020 season. I think another excellent location that he could possibly land is UCF. I also think South Florida could also bring him in with the hire of Jeff Scott. The way that he was able to work with Travis Etienne out in Clemson, this could be another move for Corbin. Those would be my three major landing spots for him right now. I don't see him going to a smaller program, and if so, it's a smaller program inside of the state of Florida. But he will finish his Aggies career with 483 rushing yards and two total touchdowns. While every other player that has declared themselves eligible for the transfer portal, this is the one that actually hurts AM, in my personal opinion. I very much was impressed with what Cordarian Richardson did in the second half of the season. And I was very impressed with what I saw from Spiller overall. I gave him on our list, not just on here, but also on AggieMaven.com. You can check out the list somewhere in the description down below. I gave him the Offensive Player of the Year, but there were still some struggles in conference play. He did get that big 22-yard touchdown run against Ole Miss to give the team the victory. He also had four games where he rushed for over 100 yards, but there were still so many inconsistencies against teams like Alabama, against teams like even Georgia, against teams like Arkansas, where this could actually hurt A&M and it'd be beneficial to have a lead back such as Corbin. In the end, I get why Corbin is transferring, but this now makes the third running back uh, player at the position who is leaving. Uh, Daneric Prince announced he was leaving earlier this season, and Jacob Cabote announced earlier this month he would be stepping away from the program to pursue a career somewhere else. Also, Vernon Jackson had to medically retire due to a neck injury he suffered last spring. The running back position is still very promising, with a guy like Richardson, who is a power back that balances pretty well with the shiftiness of Spiller. 
But losing Corbin is something that I do think is going to hurt the program, and hopefully Jimbo Fisher can find a guy in the upcoming 2020 class or even the 2021 class to be a balanced force to pair with Spiller and Richardson. But Corbin is going to lead the program. It is kind of sad that you know we didn't get to see the true potential of him, but overall... When a guy emerges the way Spiller did at times this season, you see this happen. You knew, I think, Jacob Cabote was leaving, and I think uh, Prince leaving as well is not that surprising. Corbin is slightly, and it has to be because of what Richardson was able to do in the second half. So while he is gone, there are several Aggie players who will sign their letter of intent tomorrow on Wednesday to join the staff and potentially come to College Station early, and we're going to be discussing them in just a quick moment. Guys, we know the holiday season can be stressful, and sometimes you're a little late getting gifts. So go ahead and go visit breakingtea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes fun sports t-shirts surrounding team's most passionate moments, and it's a great gift for all fans. So go check out breakingtea.com slash locked on, and feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts this holiday season. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson still here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, if you're not listening to all the great shows on the Locked on Podcast Network, what are you doing? With college bowl season right around the corner, starting up next week, there will be a ton of coverage and we have over two dozen college football shows ready and listening for your ears to go ahead and get prepared for bowl season. So make sure you check out all of our great work at LockedOnPodcast.com. While the Aggies are losing players, I believe right now they're up to 11 transfers, it's not the end of the world because Jimbo Fisher said at the start of recruiting season, he wanted to sign about 25 players to next year's rosters. And overall, looking at the early letters of intent that are expected to sign tomorrow or right before actual National Signing Day, he's still on track to do so. The Aggies right now have 21 verbal commits to come to College Station next season with, I believe, up to nine signing tomorrow to be a part of spring ball. But overall... It's nice when you're able to go ahead and get big-time names. The guy that we've talked about a lot is Damon DeMoss. He is a five-star receiver right here in the greater Houston area. He will sign his letter of intent and play for Texas A&M. We're still trying to figure out if he will be an early signee and be a part of fall cam- uh, spring camp and summer camp or if he will have to wait until fall camp to make his appearance in College Station. One guy, however, we do know is going to be a part of the spring program and one of the biggest names for AM's recruiting class announced his decision yesterday that he would come play for Texas AM. And that is four star linebacker Antonio Doyle admit commits to Texas AM. It was between three different schools. A lot of people thought that it was going to be either hit hit uh, AM or it was going to be. Illinois, or Missouri. In the end, College Station was the pick, and according to 24-7 Sports, that seemed like it was the most likely location due to how Fisher's recruiting style brought in a player with Doyle's background. In an interview with 24-7, he said of Coach Fisher, it's just his leadership, how he puts guys in the league, and him being a genuine coach and how he cares about his players, and how he can change the whole environment and give 
people hope. Chasing a dream is a cool thing and sometimes unbelievable. I've always wanted to play for Coach Fisher and help him win a national championship. This is a very talented outside linebacker who led his team out in St. Louis, the uh, St. Louis Lutheran North School to a uh, championship this past season. They actually just were in the state finals earlier this week. He comes in as not just a top 300 player on ESPN's top 300 list. He is a top 100 player on both ESPN and 24-7 and Rivals overall recruiting list. List as high as number 8 as the outside linebacker. List as low as number 10. He is a versatile player who can play on the inside, play on the outside. And with guys such as Buddy Johnson probably leaving at the end of next season, Anthony Hines... He is going to be a massive part of the long-term deal. Getting a guy with Doyle's speed, his ability to make plays in the open field, and something that not a lot of people talk about are his coverage abilities, that is a big get for AM. The linebacking position has been an area that has been a rotating door for Fisher. Last year, he lost both Otero Olaka and Tyrell Dotson to the NFL there's still a potential that he could lose a player such as Buddy Johnson, maybe Anthony Hines, to the NFL this year. So to be able to go get a guy like Doyle, who could probably come in and play a rotational role early if you don't redshirt him, you are now setting yourself up for tremendous success in the future. This is a player who has that it factor. And when you lose guys like Justin Matabike, who is leaving for the NFL, and you're going to lose veteran talent in the next few years, you need to have a young guy who's going to come in and be the face of the defense. And pairing a guy with Doyle's speed, size, and ability to make plays with a pass rusher like DeMarvin Leal is going to help Mike Elko's defense transform into a juggernaut. We've already talked a lot about the past of what the 2020 season can hold for Texas A&M. And right now, they rank as high as the number five recruiting class in the second year under Fisher. Now, in all three years Fisher's been a part of College Station, A&M has had a top 10 recruiting class. And it's looking like so long as they don't have a commit flip last second, they'll finish top 10 again. But the big news out of all of this is getting someone like this in your recruiting class now has a majority of players on AM's roster part of Fisher's success and his formula to win. When Fisher started out, he was playing with a lot of Kevin Sumlin guys. And that's no disrespect to Sumlin, who did a pretty decent job recruiting overall. I believe he finished as high as number two in recruiting one year, as low as number 12. So he continues to find ways to be successful and a massive part of the program. But they're not guys that Fisher recruited. And Fisher won a national championship with his players at Florida State. Now that he's going to have a majority of these guys play under him, I definitely think this is the proper move moving forward with the team. Plus, you look at the 2020 schedule and how much easier it is than the juggernaut that was 2019. If a guy like Doyle, can come in immediately and make an impact on defense, even as a rotational player. This is going to be the year a and I think, truly contends 
for a national championship, for an SEC title, and will represent the conference in a New Year's Six Bowl game. It's hard not to like a player with this guy's skill set, and when you look at all the pieces falling in place for AM right now, there's a reason why the AP poll is going to be high on AM next season. There's a reason why ESPN is going to be high on AM next season. Everything is going directly in their order, and they should be considered a legitimate threat as not just a SEC champion, but a potential national champion. There's also a couple of other players that could be joining the AM staff as soon as tomorrow, and we will be breaking down two new names who have officially announced they will sign their letter of intent with AM in just a quick moment. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson still here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. We already mentioned that there has already been one key player who's going to sign with A&M, and that is Antonio Doyle, the four-star linebacker out of Missouri. He will become a part of A&M's 2020 recruiting class. But there's two other players who officially announced that they will sign on December 18th as part of the A&M class. The first one is four-star JUCO cornerback Brian George. This is the second year that A&M has gotten a JUCO player in the defensive back position, and hopefully, George will show the exact same success as Elijah Blades. Keep in mind, Blades wasn't here for the majority of the start of the 2019 season. He had to finish up at JUCO. He wasn't able to join the team until summer camp. And because of that, he kind of was a late addition to the starting rotation. But once he was a starter, he became the Aggies' top cover man. That could be a very similar case for a guy like George. The four-star cornerback had four major offers. He said that it was between A&M, Auburn, Florida, Miami, and Oklahoma, and ultimately it came down to Fisher and his staff, what he's seen from JUCO players, and what they've been able to do in College Station. So he will be joining Blades, Keldrick Carper, Damani Richardson as part of Mike Elko's secondary. Pretty good overall year when you look at what he did coming out of, uh, where, where did he go? He went to Highland Community College in Florida. Had a, yeah, had a pretty good season overall. He was named second team NJC AA All-American. He recorded 26 tackles in coverage, two interceptions, six pass breakups, and a fumble recovery. He will sign this Wednesday and will be a part of the Aggies offseason program, something that Blades was not able to be a part of last season. Now you have a cornerback who didn't have the grades and didn't have what you needed to go to a national program when you first start out. Now he's coming in, and he is going to be a massive part of the offseason program. That does dividends for a defense, because now you're going to have him not learning on the fly, not having to go sit one-on-one with Elko late at night watching extra film. He's going to be able to learn just like any other player, and he's going to have the same opportunity to shine early just like any new recruit. So look at him as potentially kind of a brand new player is the best way to put it. He also has two years of eligibility remaining, so he will be able to play as part of one of the bigger names for this A&M roster. He's the third defensive back to join the A&M staff. Sabola Steele's defender Jalen Jones and four-star recruit out of Maryland uh, from the National Christian Academy, Josh Moten, both have said that they will commit to College Station. We're still waiting to see if they will commit early or that both of them will be 
summer additions to the roster. And last but not least, of course, if you can say his name better than I can, please do, because of this is going to be one that I'm going to have to learn on the fly. But Ankanola Ogunbayi. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. Hopefully he calls me out and says this is how you actually going to do it. Or at least the SIDs at College Station will write it down on the flip cards next season. He was expected to sign with either Oklahoma or Georgia according to 24-7 Sports Crystal Ball Prediction. Last second, he announced that on his via Twitter page, December 18th, I am officially going to become a Texas Fighting Aggie. With pictures of him in the Aggie uniform, uh, he received multiple offers. He was another big-time name surrounding the SEC, potentially going to join one of the co- top conferences' best teams. He had offers from Auburn, Arkansas, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and Tennessee. Everyone seemed it was leaning more towards Georgia, but last-second approval. He now will join AM and will be part of their spring program as well, signing his letter of intent early as part of the early signing period. Here's why I like this signing more than I like any of the other signings. Kenyon Green, the five-star recruit out of Humble, played out of position last year. He was projected to be probably a right tackle or a left tackle for AM's offense, but because of the players already in place with Carson Green uh, taking over the right tackle spot, he had to play right guard. With the signing of Again, I'm I'm so sorry for butchering your name, man. But Ogan Bayi, you're now going to be able to move him back to his natural position, or at least compete with Green or whoever's playing left tackle next season, and allow Ogan Bayi to probably step up and play his natural position at guard. This is a player who has spent the last four years of college during his time at Kemper as a guard. He is a natural guard of the position. There's a guy named uh, Josh Bankhead from College Park who's also going to be signing his letter of intent coming in early. He also will probably project to play either right tackle or left tackle at the next level. But overall, when you get a natural player playing his position, you're now allowing another player to go back to a position that they probably know a little bit better. And Green had a decent year overall in the trenches. He made some freshman mistakes That's just common. That's just a part of the system. But at the same time, he's also now going to be a part of an offensive line that can kind of rotate. And you can get the best players involved in there. So if Carson Green isn't the best right tackle for the future of the program, why waste him? Because he's a starter? Because he's a veteran? No. You put the best guy out there. And if Green is better than Green, you can move him to right tackle and have Green fight for left tackle. Or maybe move with Jared Hawker and fight for guard. Or have Hawker move into center and have Green move over to the left guard. There's multiple ways you can make this work. But a signing like Ogunbayi now allows Green a natural tackle. And a guy who probably will project in a few years at the next level as a tackle. You're going to now have him play his natural position. Which is only going to make the offensive line better. Which is only going to give Kellen Mond more protection. Which is only going to make AM's offense thrive in 2020. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media. At Locked on Aggies. At Aggies SI. And at Mr. Cole Thompson. Tomorrow we'll be breaking down all the names. Who will sign their letter of intent to play for Texas A&M. Until then, we will see you sometime tomorrow. Make sure you're following us on social media. And remember, take them, y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.